All right, welcome back Hive Nation. We are here on location at the Westin at the seventh annual NCSG Blackfish networking event. We're back, Greg Cooper, Jason Barish, and we are joined with a special guest, Cheryl Bernard. Thanks for joining us, Cheryl. Thank you, thanks for having me. So uh, Cheryl's uh, background obviously is in professional wrestling, but <laughs> Oh wait! The, Wrong part. <laughs> oh, oops! That's a different Cheryl Bernard. Sorry, my bad. There's another one. <laughs> um, I, I believe everybody who's watching this right now recognizes Cheryl as a world-class curling athlete and has won. Tell me how many. Well, so I've been to the Olympics twice, and we won a silver medal at one, and just went the second time. So Olympic silver medalist in curling, and many provincial championships and so it's been a, it was a great career but i'm done now <laughs> you're not you're not a professional no curling i retired i retired to um be the ceo at canada sports hall of fame so which has been a great role for me very very cool uh so do you do any coaching currently you know i've helped some teams out with my schedule i'm pretty busy i'm co-chairing the 2024 special olympic winter games that are coming to calgary oh, wow. yeah and with the hall of fame um so not as much as I'd like, but I do go out once in a while and help teams when they need some support or a role model or just somebody to talk to. So very cool. Uh, so can you tell us in your career how mentoring and coaching is, has brought you along, whether it be professionally or in your sporting career? Yeah, I mean, it's been huge to me. I, I just remember the coaching I had when I was trying to break through in curling and people believing in you and believing you could succeed and how important that was that somebody outside of my family, because your family has to believe in you, right? but somebody outside of my family thought I should keep pursuing what I was doing. And, you know, I think between mentors and role models is my other, I, I think all of us as youth need role models and not our family. We need people that we look up to that we can see ourselves in and say, you know what, they can do it, I can too. You hear that bearish family? <laughs> anyway. Uh, <laughs> uh, just to add on to that, Cheryl, when you were starting your curling career, did you have a mentor? Like, who was that person that you looked up to? It was my coach, Ann Miller, and I'll never forget her. Um, she was amazing. She was the person, I think, that really did believe in me. And you know what? Selfishly, also my family. My dad was a person uh, who pushed me and told me I could do well in curling and, and never pushed too hard that it wasn't my passion, but pushed me enough to get up in the morning, the days you felt like you didn't want to go to practice. He said, but somebody else is working harder than you, so why don't you go? And so I did, and it's been great. And that goes the same way in the professional career, correct? Oh, it does. You need that. I, I have that right now. I have an incredible chair on the board of Canada Sports Hall of Fame, Bob Rooney, and he's a person that has helped me come along as a CEO. Um, you know, he's been there when I've had difficulties. He's been there for somebody to talk to. It's a lonely role at the top, you know, right. and I think we all need that person that we can rely on and bounce things off. And I don't think people realize the impact they have on you unless you tell them. For sure. And so in your current role, how many people do you mentor? Well, I guess the organization. I'm, I'm, the, I'm the cheerleader at the organization. Right. I'm there to say, we can do this and you're doing great and I love what you're doing, and I believe in all of you. And so, you know, I've got 14 individuals there. I've got wow. a great chief operating officer who does the same, so I don't do it alone. But, yeah, it's, it's a great role because I am an optimist. I believe everything's going to happen and work out. And, but I believe people need to um, have guidance along the way and understand sometimes you're going to fall, and it's okay. Yeah. And, you know, I think people are so afraid to make mistakes 
and I'm such a big believer that you know you either win or you learn. You never lose. And so get up and and support people that make mistakes because you got to take risks. You got to put your out, yourself out there in order to be great. I love that. And uh, you win or you learn. That's something that we talk about all the time. Yeah. But uh, the last thing you mentioned was you have to put yourself out there. For our listeners, for the Hive Nation, how can uh, young females looking to get into any industry, whether it is you know the business, uh, the sports business side of things, or just you know coming to an event like this, what are some tips you can give to those uh, those ladies? Yeah, you know, probably the biggest thing, the biggest difference between women and men, which is a real interesting one, is that men will be offered a role and they have no idea how to do it, and in their opinion, they'll just go do it and they'll wing it. Women seem to feel like they need to know how to do it before they take the opportunity. And I think my best advice to women is just jump in. You can figure it out. You've got people around you to support you. Don't wait until you're ready because you may never be ready. I, I walked into a CEO role at the Sports Hall of Fame and did I know how to do that? No, but life experience and all the things I'd done through my life, I thought I'll figure it out along the way and I have. There it is, Hive Nation, Cheryl Bernard, figure it out. (laughs) <laughs> That's pretty if that, if that isn't an impactful soundbite, I don't know what is. Just cut right there. We'll just pack up the stuff. We're, yeah. good. We're good. That's let's, all we needed from Cheryl Bernard right there. Let's just go mingle. <laughs> you know, Cheryl, thanks. Um, we're not going to keep you, uh, but uh, thank you for your time. Uh, we really appreciate it. I yeah. mean, your words in just a short period oh. of time were more than me rambling on. That's for yeah. sure. <laughs> thank you so much, Cheryl. Thanks for what Nation. you guys do. Yeah, thank you so much for what you do. Hive Nation, welcome back. We are on location at the West End Hotel at the 7th Annual NCSG Blackfish Networking Event. We are joined with Gregory Bellinger. Belanger. Belanger. The English guys call it Bellanger. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, Greg, thanks for having us. We talked a bit about what you do off camera. Yeah. Tell, uh, tell our audience, Hive Nation, uh, what's your story and uh, what do you do? Sure. You know, I'm a longtime Calgarian. I'm a big believer in... Uh, businesses and entrepreneurs and giving businesses a boost and these days with all the uh, uh, busy noisy digital world uh, businesses are are faced with the transformation and transition to try and make themselves noticed and be heard uh, visibly on online so what I did three years ago with some partners we started a a, a media company called Megapix Media we are a a business to business video a broadcast platform. We use it for companies and uh, individuals to tell their story, uh, get it published online, get it in front of thousands of people. And we do this through the use of uh, video, video podcasting. So to participate, you can uh, be a guest on one of our shows, or if you wanted to get set up as your own host on a podcast, we help you with that. Or you can simply sponsor one of our shows and uh, participate that way. So it's, uh, it's, it's been great. We focus on predominantly Alberta and local. You know, again, it's, it's the whole idea. When we first started it, uh, myself and my partners have, we each have businesses. I've got a sport fishing business out of Vancouver Island called Eagle Nook Resort. So we started this to uh, just get our own platform to uh, you know, basically uh, promote our own stories, if it will. We ran across a, a publication called Calgary Business and we decided we we're going to be publishers. But really, what, what that, the impetus of what that did was we noticed there was a, a real uh, dearth, a real challenge for businesses just starting to go through COVID. How do you transition to get digital, get online? 
So we decided to renew our focus and focus on Alberta-based companies. So in the past, the past two and a half, three years, you know, we've uh, we've blown it up. We've done over 1,500 videos. Uh, we've got over 10,000 subscribers on YouTube. YYC CalgaryBusiness.ca is our business's website, and uh, we've got over 10,000 subscribers there. So you know, we we pr help you produce custom content. We uh, uh, distribute it uh, online to thousands of users, and then we help you promote it. You know, once you got that content, what do you do with it? So yeah, that's uh, basically just out trying to, you know, help 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 businesses help tr get the transition to get online, and uh, you know, make a couple shekels and keep eating myself. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome, Greg. Um, don't want to take up too much of your time, but I do have one question for you around yeah. all that. For anybody out there, whether they have a sport fishing business or they're on a very professional, uh, maybe even something like a lawyer, whatever, whoever, and they're looking at starting, I want to get start creating content, I want to put my message out there, what's uh, one piece of advice that you could give for people to start? Where do they start? Because I think it's a really intimidating thing on, well, I have to be a TikTok superstar and all this, there, yeah. like you said, there's all this noise. Is it as simple as just pointing and going? Uh, to a degree, everything everything begins with hello. But I'm going to tell you, in the digital world, I've got a I've got a rule. I call it the four C's of the digital the rules of the digital world. The first C stands for content. Okay, you got to create content. You got to create content that's valued by your target audience. So it's not enough just to be good content. You have to have the right content. Yeah. The next C is consistency. This is not a game of one and done. You know, you need to you need to show up where your your audience is showing up, and need to show up on a regular basis. Yeah. Okay. The third C I call it is uh, uh, connections or community. Right. You got you got to build your audience of, of people that are, are digging what you have to say. So it's like if uh, if you don't have an audience, you can be doing the greatest things in the world, but it's like calling out, uh, going into a, a big empty hall and shouting how good you are. Without contents, uh, contacts, you're not going to have that. Yeah. And then the 4C, and one of the more popular uh, uh, important ones is the call to action. Okay? Once you get in, any, anything that you publish, let your, let your audience let your audience know what you want them to do next. Is it come to our website? Is it download a, a, a lead magnet? Is it to just give me a call? Whatever you want to do, give them a path to take and always, always keep them in movement. So that, that's what I would look at doing. That's fantastic. I think that, that soundbite alone is worth its weight in gold. The four C's, um, I'm definitely going to steal a bit of that and, and share Please that do. message because it, it's important and it's simple, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think everybody has something similar to that that they share, but I love that. Greg, thanks for joining us and uh, hope to have a couple drinks yeah, with well, you on later Thanks for tonight. having me on. It's uh, the Hive Nation, man. Check it out. Take care. Appreciate it. Thanks, Greg. Yeah, thanks, bud. Welcome back, Hive Nation. We are live on location at the West Inn at the seventh annual NCSG and Blackfish networking event. And we have some royalty in the house. We do. Welcome to the podcast. We have the uh, Calgary Stampede, one of the Calgary Stampede princesses here. And we also have her mentor who was too shy to be on camera. So she's actually just uh, videoing it and taking pictures of it on, uh, on the princess's behalf. But uh, she's a lovely lady as well. So Joan, who you cannot see. 
Joan, Wave Joan. Welcome to the podcast <laughs> as well. And then this is Sarah. And so Sarah told me an intriguing story about what she's doing here and, and why she's here. So I'm going to let her repeat it because uh, obviously I can't. So <laughs> I, first of all, I'm not a princess. Oh, you wait. just need a crown. Is need that all I need? Oh, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> not quite. <laughs> so anyway, Sarah, tell, tell us your, the, the, the Calgary uh, Stampede Princess. Absolutely. So as the Calgary Stampede Princess, I serve as an ambassador for the Calgary Stampede and the City of Calgary and represent us throughout the entire world, also nationally and locally. And I work alongside the First Nations Princess as well to represent the relationship the Stampede has with the people of Treaty 7. So throughout the year, we meet people from all communities from all over the world. I have hundreds of events to go to and multiple speaking roles as well. So it is an incredible program for young women um, my age. It's for 19 to 25 years old and I do it throughout the entire year and coming up starting tomorrow is the Calgary Stampede and those are the busiest 10 days of the year for us. Uh, shucks, I'm just 26 so I can't be part of the princess but uh, <laughs> but uh, so you, we talked about, about having a mentor and of course Joan who we can't see because she's shy. Yeah. Um, Hi Joan. <laughs> is obviously a mentor slash advisor to you. Can you tell us how important mentorship is to you? Oh yeah, so like in my program, there's a lot of learning going on. I have a committee of over 30 people. I have advisors, I have an equine team, I have a, a speaking coach as well. And um, I'm going to huge events. I once spoke in front of 80,000 people and I've never done anything like that before. And um, I had a team of people who had me so prepared, they really built up my confidence. They told me how to say things, but also make it my own, right? Because everybody's different. You know, you can't just do what somebody else For says. Sure. And it's it's an amazing learning experience. And I also hope to be a bit of a role model for other young women and girls um, growing up. So it's crazy how much you learn in this program. We at the Hive Nation love role models and people who, you know, want to be role models. And obviously for your, for your, uh, age group and for the for the young women coming up what would you say to young women coming up I love this question. So for me, I'm actually in science. I'm studying geophysics and geology, um, and I, I love being a princess as well. And the number one thing that I want to spread to young women and girls is that you can be sparkly and feminine and as girly as you want, and that does not change your brains or abilities. So I can do multivariable calculus in my head, no problem. I also love the color pink, and that doesn't change anything. So don't let anybody put you in a box. You can be more than one thing, and you can be as many different things as you want at the same time. Well, I can't do multi-variable calculus <laughs> in my brain. But you do love the color pink. But I do like the color pink. Well, and, there you go. and you're great at hosting a podcast, so. Well, <laughs> thank you very much, Sarah. So, thank God he's not wearing a cowboy hat right now. His ego can't handle that. Um, Sarah, I grew up around Alberta. I've had some friends that uh, have done some royalty in Ergy uh, Pro Rodeo, mm -hmm. uh, even Miss Rodeo Canada and that. So what advice could you give to somebody who maybe thinks they need to be the greatest cowgirl in the world and that's the only way I can be princess. Is that true? Um, I would say no. You absolutely have to be able to ride a horse. It's number one thing. you got to be fast, high speeds, in environments you've never been on, sometimes on a horse you've never been on. Um, so that's, that's really important. However, what's more important is your ability to connect with people and walk into a room and think, I have something in common with each of these people. I just need to find that and talk to them about it. So that is something that I think is really important and also be yourself. I'm not afraid to admit that I, I love Barbie movies. I watched them growing up. I love rock climbing. I love weightlifting. And maybe that doesn't sound very cowgirl, but who cares? You're representing more than just that. You are. You're representing your whole community and meeting people from all different communities as well. 
I think that's such an important message that you said just there. I mean, all everything you've shared with us has been amazing. But, you know, in the world we live in today, everybody is so caught up in, I need to be this perfect image. When I wear my suit, I have to be this perfect mm. business person. Or when I'm an athlete, I have to be the pro hockey player. But it's not. We just have to be genuine to ourselves, no matter what role we're doing. Yeah. And if you can't do that, maybe maybe you just need to take a step back and just remember yeah. who you are sometimes. Absolutely, and that's like what the my advisors and all my other mentors within the royalty committee are so important because as a young person, sometimes I have those self-doubts. Like, you know, maybe these people didn't take me seriously or maybe I didn't perform well because I should have been doing this. And I always have that team of people behind me telling me, no, you did great. You represented yourself truly and very genuinely, like you said. And I think that's really important. And I think if you are a mentor to somebody, there's important distinction between telling them what to do and guiding them towards how they need to do it in their own way. So that's something that I'm really grateful for with it's our so committee. so great. Uh, in closing really quick here, Sarah, what would you say to the young women that are coming up that you would say to them, like, this is the path that you should take or this is the path no. that you shouldn't take? Well, the path that you should take is whatever you're happiest doing. I honestly okay. think that. Um, don't be afraid. You are welcome in every space. And if you're not welcome there, make yourself welcome, right? Like you belong everywhere. And um, just be bold, be brave and continue to be beautiful because you're allowed to be all three at once. What an well amazing said. message. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for having me. Well, thanks I'm for stopping so by. I know here. how busy you are. Like you, you like it's crazy, but thank you for stopping yes. by. Like well, this is you. amazing. Joan, thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, of course, thank you. Joan, Sarah, thanks so much. Hive Nation. It's not often we get royalty in the house, so this has been amazing. <laughs> it's really been a pleasure. And to anybody who's making it out to the Calgary Stampede, uh, we have an amazing 10 days coming up, and I can't wait to see you there. Fantastic. Hey Hive Nation, uh, Greg Cooper here, back on location at the West Inn at the 7th annual NCSG Blackfish Networking event at the Calgary Stampede. Uh, we're just taking a brief break here, but I just wanted to jump on again thanking our sponsors for the Hive Nation podcast live event, PGI Printing and Promo in Saskatoon for providing us with this amazing banner behind us, the Airdrie Chamber of Commerce connecting amazing Airdrie businesses. Um, across Airdrie and the surrounding communities. Caton Farms, who uh, provides premium whole roasted grains uh, to provide your livestock and uh, equine needs for the greatest feed that you can get on the market today. And lastly, our friend Garen Bellaney with Micro Studio for setting us up with all of our mics, our audio, the amazing lighting, and this live stream today. We showed up to the Westin with one backpack and we have a full-on professional studio set up, and uh, Garen gave me some training for it. Within 10 minutes, I had this set up here. Uh, it really is that easy, and I've only had uh, one day of training to set this up, so if you're looking for a podcast studio, a better, any kind of video conferencing you're doing, hit up Garen Bellaney at Micro Studio. All right, Hive Nation, we're gonna take a quick break, stay on the live stream, and we will be back in a little bit. Welcome back, Hive Nation. We are on location at the Westin at the 7th Annual NCSG and Blackfish Enterprises Networking Event. We are here with Dev Jane. Uh, Dev is in the rail industry and the supply chain industry. And uh, welcome. Welcome to the Hive Nation. Yeah, thanks. Uh, so, Dev, tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, maybe how you got into the rail industry and the supply chain. Yeah, sure. So I'll tell you a little bit about what I do and uh, the company overall. So uh, the company that I founded is called Railvision Analytics. 
Uh, long story short, our core product, it's kind of like Google Maps, sits in the cab of a locomotive, but instead of giving the engineer directions to get to their destination, it's giving them recommendations as to how to physically drive the train in the most efficient way possible. So coasting, speeding up, uh, reducing throttle, so on and so forth. Um, and one thing that I say really often is, is driving a train sort of like driving a roller coaster. Um, you're sitting in the front, you know what's going on around you visually, but the dynamics of what's happening in the middle of the train and the back of the train may, may be quite different. And so uh, it takes a, a computer system to really move the train in the most efficient way possible. Um, yeah, I mean, getting around to how I got into the rail industry. So uh, I started out as an intern at Metrolinx, who operates all of the commuter trains in Toronto. Very cool. Um, and one of the opportunities that I noticed when I was leaving Metrolinx was how much data they have on their locomotives that they're not really using for any um, sort of preventative action or, or driving any sort of improvement. Um, and that's really the opportunity that I went back to them. I, I was still in university at the time, went back to them and said, you know, hey, I got an idea. Let's take the data off of your locomotives. Uh, let's figure out uh, what's the best way to drive a train and hopefully save some fuel. Um, and in the first year, it saved something like a million dollars worth of fuel, uh, roughly at the time, about a million liters worth of fuel, uh, just uh, from some simple instructions wow. crunched from data analysis. That's incredible. And you know, I'm going to maybe spin this in a different way that uh, maybe it'll help anybody who's listening to this connect to it. I think most people who aren't in the rail industry look at a train and go, that can't be very hard. It's stuck on the rails. Sure. It just goes straight. How yeah. do these things even derail? But yeah. there's clearly a more efficient way to do something that seemingly is simple, right? So for anybody out there that maybe thinks, oh, there's no way that we can yeah. make XYZ more efficient, clearly you can make even seemingly simple things more efficient no matter what. Yeah, it's a common reaction that we get um, both from the automotive sector as well as aerospace. I hear it all the time. And in fact, um, even I could point to a number of examples where aerospace companies come into rail and they think, well, what, what's going to be so hard about this, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah. we're trying to put things in the sky, go into space. Uh, this is just, you know, something rolling al along a track. Um, but there, you know, as with every industry, there are sort of those intricacies and nuances that, that make it... Uh, uh, that make it complicated. And, and one of those particular things that makes rail really, really complicated um, is, is that it's a relatively old mode of transportation. Um, it's been around much longer than automotive, much longer than aerospace has been as well. And, and, and one of the reasons it's lasted this long and, and will really continue forever and ever is because it's inherently incredibly efficient. Um, trains are moving goods roughly nine times more efficiently than any road vehicle. And so rail will always be around. But yeah, it, it, it's sort of a common reaction. Uh, people look at trains, they think, what's so hard about that? Um, but of course, there's, there's many complications to it. And, and uh, you know, I, maybe a more specific example is in, in the conversation around autonomous trains yeah. or autonomous cars, right? It's, it's something we talk about a lot, autonomous trains. Um, autonomous cars are about autonomizing a vehicle. Right? You have one vehicle, and it's about autonomizing that, driving down the road. Whereas autonomizing trains is about autonomizing the network, right? The train can't just operate alone. It can't simply spot another train coming at it and say, oh, I'm going to stop now, right? The stopping distance is much longer than line of sight. And so you have to autonomize the entire network at once, which brings a lot of its own complexities. Um, so yeah, maybe that's just an example of how there's these small complexities to the rail industry, but definitely people looking at it from the outside think, 
uh, well, how hard can that be? And the answer is actually relatively complicated. Yeah. Well, and I think that's that's such an eye-opening thing, uh, like especially to me. You know, you look at it, and obviously I know some people in the rail industry, and I know it's not. You know, nothing is that simple. That that's true in any walk in life. But uh, you know, I think that's an important message to say. Like, you know, no matter what you're doing, you can find a way to create a niche within a seemingly you know overinflated industry that you know we're at an oil and gas event yeah. right well it's the old boys club and it, yep. it's always been done this way and it's always going to be done this way yeah well that's just not true because we can always find a better way um so i don't want to take too much uh, more of your time dad but uh why don't you leave the uh hive nation with this uh, i'm going to ask you a question here on coming to events like this how you know networking we've all been to networking events in some form or fashion but yeah. how do you go into a networking event like this and take the most out of it do you come in with a target or do you just come in you know it, it maybe varies um it kind of depends on the networking event um some i go in with a very clear target if i know exactly who's going to be there if i know exactly who i want to chat with um, other networking events uh, can be very open-ended. Like this one, for example, is not rail specific, yeah. right? Um, you know, there might we're out in Calgary, so there might be some uh, some people from CP. There might be rail customers. Um, even within those groups, right? Maybe I chat with someone that's from that company, but CP, for example, is a huge company. I might be chatting with not necessarily the decision maker for a product like ours, but. You know, knowing that person, um, just having a good relationship with them yeah. overall goes a long way. So I would say in an event like this, uh, I, I walk in pretty open-minded, try to meet as many people as I can, try to shake as many hands as I can, uh, try to, you know, add as many LinkedIn connections as I can. Um, and when people like your posts, share your posts, I mean, that's, that's the power of networking and eventually it does help you get to the right people. Absolutely. And hey... Hive Nation, everybody listening to this uh, on Apple, Spotify, you never know. You go to a networking event, you end up on a cool podcast. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, and a, a, good, a good story, sorry to interrupt there, a good story about a networking event like this, once I went to one super open-ended, and sure enough, the guys I was sitting with across the table were from the rail industry, and we landed them as a customer within two weeks. Awesome. Yeah. 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 Well, Dev, thanks for joining us, Hive Nation. Uh, again, we're at the NCSG and Blackfish Enterprises networking event, talking to experts in anything and everything. Dev, thanks for joining us. Yeah, awesome. Thanks again, Greg. All right, Hive Nation, thanks so much. Thank you to our sponsors, PGI Printers and Promo in Saskatoon, the Airdrie Chamber of Commerce, Caton Farms, Garambolini and Micro Studio. We're going to take another quick break. Like I said, we have a ton of amazing guests. We are at the NCSG Blackfish Enterprises networking event. There's over a thousand people here. We have talked to experts in the rail industry. We've talked to the Calgary Stampede Rodeo Princess. We've talked to Jason Barris, Rob Struzinski, um, and many more. Uh, so stay tuned, we've got some amazing guests coming in and we will be back shortly.